Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. I want to preach this morning on soul winning, on the importance of soul winning. You know, we have the Dove Festival coming up this weekend, and we're going to try to do the best of our ability. We're going to try to lead people to Jesus Christ. We've got different things we're going to have going on at our booth, but I want to try to equip you the best way that I can uh, and, and to, for soul winning and how to use your Bible to, to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. And I've done this more than two or three times in this church and, and give you the verses and but what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out by showing you the importance of soul winning. Just show you some things about soul winning. And then I'll show you the verses you can use if you want to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. And we'll see if we can, we can get all this done. But look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. And so the Bible, the first thing you need to know about soul winning is it says that he that winneth souls is wise. God, you want to be wise in God's eyes, you're going to be soul winning. You need to be a soul winner. And if, uh, if you want to be wise in God's eyes, you need to be a soul winner. Now, I'll be the first to tell you I'm not a very good soul winner. I need to be better at soul winning. And when it, you want to be a soul winner, you've got to not stop. You've got to stop looking at what people are wearing. And you've got to stop looking at people's uh, social status. You've got to start looking at people as either, they're either souls going to heaven or their soul is going to hell. You've got to look at people as souls. And that can be hard to do because you look at one person and they look cleaned up and their hair is fixed up. and Maybe they have some nice clothes on. And you look at that person and you think, well, they're okay. And you look at this other person and they've got rags on. And they don't, they've got holes in their shoes. And you think that person's not a very good person. But see, that soul, that one soul that has the clean clothes on, that one soul might be going to hell. And that one soul that right there that's got the dirt and the rags and it's got the holes in the shoes, he might, have a, he might be going straight to heaven. And you don't know that. But God knows. And God's not going to judge you about the way your clothes look, the kind of car you drive, or the house you live in. God's going to look down at your soul. Does it have Jesus Christ covering your soul? Is Jesus Christ saving your soul? That's what God cares about. And if you want to be a good soul winner, you want to be wise in God's eyes. He that winneth souls is wise. You need to start having a soul-conscious attitude about when you meet somebody, you've got to say, is this, this person going to heaven or is this person going to hell? And the world, the devil, does everything he can to get you out of that concept, get your mind away from that stuff. He gets you to thinking about, is that person, is that person a good person? Is that person a bad person? Is that person can, do, can that person do something for me? And that's the way a, a, a lot of us are. That we look at somebody, we meet somebody, we're thinking, can this person do something for me? Because we're so selfish. And what can this person do for me or not do for me? And God wants you to be looking at somebody as their soul, which is the most important thing they have. Jesus Christ says, what can a man gain? He gains the whole world, and he loses his own soul. And that's a lot of rich people. A lot of rich people, man, you see them, and they have the matches, they have all the land, and they, they, they just, it looks like everything's going great for them. But what's that going to do them when they're laying in the grave and their soul's in hell for eternity? We're talking about eternity, guys. We're not talking about 50 or 60 or 70 years, yay, 100 years if you're that blessed. We're talking about eternity in heaven. Or in hell. 
So these things are very, very important. We need to have a more of a mindset of, is this person going to heaven or is this person going to hell? You notice how it's important to you if it's your kid or your grandkid? Yeah, it's important to you, isn't it? Amen, it's important to you. you should, that should be important to you. It should be your neighbor. And then from there, it should be some of your, maybe your families, your, you know, some distant family. You, there's all, you, you know somebody who's lost. Amen. Every one of us do. And we need to do a better job of praying for the individual and seeing how can I lead this person and win this soul to Jesus Christ. Because I want God to think I'm wise. You want to be wise? Win souls. See that? He that winneth souls is wise. Here's another reason why you need to be soul winning. Look at James chapter 5. James chapter 5. The back of your Bible. James chapter 5. Go to Revelation and then go left from Revelation and you'll run into James. James chapter 5, verse 20. He that wins souls is wise. You want to be wise in God's eyes, you need to be uh, soul winning. James chapter 5, uh, verse 20. Here's what James says. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Amen. See, what uh, James is saying there is he's saying, when you win somebody to Jesus Christ, when you convert a soul, you're hiding a multitude of sins. Guys, you're going to change. You, if you can lead somebody to Jesus Christ and they can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you're going to change that person's life for eternity. Amen. You're not only going to change that person's life for eternity, but on this world right now, you're going to have help that person to hide a multitude of sins. You're going, to, you're going to talk about a person who's going down the wrong path. And when you lead them to Jesus Christ and they find a saving knowledge in the man, Jesus Christ, that's going to convert, that's going to change their life. And you might have a man that was a wicked individual that all of a sudden is going to go home and he's not going to be wicked anymore. He's going, to be, he's going to be a better husband. He's going to be a better dad. He's going to be a better friend. She's going to be a better mother. She's going to be a better friend. She's going to be a lot better wife. You're talking about you can change lives here by winning people to Jesus Christ. It's not just an eternity. It's not just changing eternity, but you're changing right here where you can see with your physical eyes where people who accept Jesus Christ, their lives are changed. See, some of y'all, because you didn't get to know me until I was uh, way grown and come into this church, you didn't know what I was like before I met Jesus Christ. And I don't like to harp on the sin because I don't want to. The point is that some of the things that I was doing, some of the way I lived, was sending me straight to jail. I should have been in jail. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ and somebody having the guts to tell me about Jesus Christ and presenting Jesus Christ as my Savior, I might be in jail today. I'm not, I wouldn't be here. I know Joker says amen because Joker knows what I'm talking about. I mean, that's my testimony. And he changed my life. If somebody didn't have the guts to tell Brother Keegan about Jesus Christ, I don't know where this church would be. I don't know where some of y'all would be. Some of the people that I've been able to lead to Jesus Christ, where would they be? Do you see how this, a rip, this is like a ripple effect? He drops that stone in the water. He, he leads me to Jesus Christ. And then what happens with me? Well, my life changes. And then my son, he has a dad that's a Christian. Amen. Amen. And then he has a dad that's trying to do the right things. And then he has a, he, and I have some friends. that now they have a friend that's a Christian. 
And then you have a guy here that's trying to lead other people to Jesus Christ. And the few people that I've been able to lead to Jesus Christ, that's trickled down. And now they're leading people to Jesus Christ. And now you see what I'm saying? How this is a, this is a stone that's rolling. This is a stone that's dropped in the water. And it's a ripple effect. You can change people's lives, guys, by converting them to Jesus Christ, by winning a soul. And you can hide a multitude of sins. The sins that I would have done without Jesus Christ in my life. Now they're all gone. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not saying I don't commit some sins, but some sins that I would have done if I had not known Jesus Christ. Do you see where I'm trying to go with this? You can affect people's lives by winning them to Jesus Christ. That's why we should be doing it. Hey, it's great for the person that, you, that accepts Jesus Christ. It's great for the family of the person that accepts Jesus Christ. It's great for the community. For the person that accepts Jesus Christ, here I'm here to tell you, it's great for the nation that has people who've accepted Jesus Christ. You can change nations with one soul that's accepted Jesus Christ. It just takes one man like Moses to be raised up to change the world. And if one person led Billy Graham to Jesus Christ, you understand that? Billy Graham who's touched millions of people. One person led Billy Graham to Jesus Christ. One person led Dwight L. Moody to Jesus Christ. These great men of God had one person in their life that led them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Guys, friends, this is what I'm talking about. It's why how important this is. There was one person that led me to Jesus Christ. Is why I'm here this morning. You see how important this can be. And we, we kind of put it on the back burner like, well, I'll try to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll try to hand out some tracts maybe if I think about it. And I'll, uh, but no, this is one of the most important things we can do. It's leading somebody to Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Chick, he was a pastor out at Bangs, Bangs First Baptist. And this was a story that's told me. Brother Chick was a, was a wicked old sinner and he was going out to go do some more drinking. He was going out to do some more gambling. He was walking out of his house and... It said, he said the little kid, his little son was down there playing and he walked by and he looked down and his little son looked at him and his little son said, Daddy, ain't you ever going to come to church? That's all the son said. Daddy, ain't you ever going to come to church? And Je- uh, Brother Chick said, uh, he, he got outside the gate and he said it just, that just bothered him. He got in his car and he's driving on the road and it, the conviction got so strong and the Holy Spirit was moving on him so strong that he said he couldn't take it and he just pulled over on the side of the road. He got out of his car and he got down on his knees and he accepted Jesus Christ right there. <laughs> couldn't take it. And he said, you know what? He said, this is what he would say. He said, when I would come home and I'd hit my gate, my dog would see me and my dog would run underneath the house. I was so wicked. But when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, when I got back home, the dog met me at the gate. The dog could tell a difference that Jesus Christ had come into that man's life. Guys, I'm here to tell you, we're trying to change people's life through the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you not have a testimony about how good He's been to you? Amen. Well, can you not tell how good He's been to you? Amen. You can tell somebody how... You don't have to tell how good he's been to Brother Keegan or how good he's been to somebody else or how good he was to, to Brother Chick, but you can tell how good he's been to you. Amen. Say, you know what? I, when I lay my head on my pillow, I know where I'm going to go if I die. Amen. And that, that, that's a great peace. And there's people out there that don't have that peace and they're looking for that peace and they're trying to find it in alcohol. They're trying to find it in drugs. They're trying to find it in sex. They're trying to find it in sports. They're trying to find it in any other way they can find it. But it's only going to be found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And we need to have a heart to say, listen, we need to start winning souls. We need to start telling people about Jesus Christ and get the truth out there because, listen to me, who else is going to do it? Nobody's doing it. The preachers aren't doing it. The churches are not doing it. We're falling down on the job. We need to be better. This church right here is falling down on the job. We need to be better about giving the truth out, getting the gospel out. You say, well, brother, we've got a radio ministry. We're trying to do what we can on the internet through our internet ministry. We're sending out missionaries. We can do a better job personally of handing out tracts, of telling people about Jesus Christ. Guys, we need to be on fire for Jesus Christ. The time is short. We're just sitting on our, our couches not doing anything. It shouldn't be that way. And we can change lives. I want to see lives changed. I want people to have what I have. Man, I have the best thing going. We should never fall down when somebody says, man, I, you know, uh, you just look like things are going good. It's because of Jesus Christ they're going good. You know, I talk to people and they'll, they'll say, well, I'm broke. And, you know, I'll say, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I've got some money, a little bit of money put back. And, you know, why is that? Why is that? Because Jesus Christ has blessed me. Amen. I'm blessed by Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I'm not a perfect. I, I'm a sinner just like everybody else. But the Lord has took care of me. We should be ashamed that we don't tell more people about Jesus Christ. What, what's wrong with us? You know, we're the first people that, whenever there's a sale for buy one, get one shoe, we're the first one if want to get on Facebook and spread the news. They got a good deal going down there. You can buy one shoe and get one free, you know. They got steak for $1.99 a pound. We're, oh, we'll call every neighbor we have around. You need to get down there to the grocery store. They got, they got gallon milk for $1.79. You know, when Aldi's came into Brownwood, they got eggs for 89 cents a dozen. Man, you, everybody, everywhere you went, people were talking about it. You should be talking about Jesus Christ the same way. It's the best deal going. But you know how many times I've been in a grocery store, or how many times I've been at work, or how many times I've been around a bunch of guys where somebody's talked about how good Jesus Christ has been to them? Not a whole lot. I want you to think about that. And we got the best thing going and we can change people's lives. Let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. There's a reason why we have so many. Our, that's the reason our prison and our jails are full of, of, of people. They don't have Jesus Christ. They don't have something that's controlling them from doing those bad things. And they're running through. And we got a, we got a whole world full of sinners. We've got a whole country full of sinners. We've got a whole country full of lost people. Guys, we're sending people all over the world. And we got a lost and dying world right there next door. Our next door neighbors are right next to us. we got a whole grocery store full of lost sinners. We've got a whole town full of lost sinners. We have a whole state full of lost sinners. We don't need to go to Africa or Peru or Brazil. we got them right here in front of our face. We've got whole families full of lost sinners. Amen. I know some of y'all have got some good families, and some of y'all know some people in your family that are lost going to hell. What a place that'll be when you get to heaven and you go looking for that aunt or that uncle or that cousin. And oh, to find out that they never trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, you look through Revelation, the book of Revelation, it's way at the end of the book of Revelation, that's when God says he'll wipe away all tears. And it makes me wonder if there's not going to be some tears up there. When you get up there and you look around, and I thought they were saved. Nobody told them. We should do a better job. Say, Brother, uh, Brother Keegan, I don't want to pester them. I don't want to offend anybody. I think it's time to pester them. 
I think it's time. It's high time to offend somebody. If I'm going to offend you right into hell, then you need, you're going to go to hell no matter what I do. But maybe by the grace of God, I'll offend you right up into heaven. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Somebody offended me right up into heaven. You think I wanted to hear the gospel message the first time it was given to me? No, I didn't want to hear it. But somebody gave it to me anyway. Somebody gave it to me anyway. Look at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We need to be soul winning. We need to be on fire for the Lord. We need to be telling people about Jesus Christ. Guys, I really believe with all my heart because I studied the Word of God that our time is short. Our time is short and there's going to be a time we're not going to be able to work. In this country, we're going to be arrested for being a Christian. We're going to be arrested for having Bibles. We're going to throw us in jail. We're going to be wishing we could, we're going to think back to that time that we could, be at, we could have been out sending notes and sending letters and telling people about Jesus Christ. And we, we're going to wish and we're going to have a dreamlike state of, oh, I remember how great it was back then. And we're going to be so ashamed to think about what we didn't do for the Lord Amen. when we had the time. We did everything else for ourselves, but we didn't do much for the Lord. Look at John chapter 4. Jesus Christ is trying to lead this woman at the well to him. And look at what he says in verse 10. John chapter 4, verse 10. He says, Jesus answered and said unto her, this is the woman at the well, If thou knewest the gift of God, notice it's a gift, amen. No, if you knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou wouldest have asked of him, asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now skip down to verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, he talks to her again, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Talking about the water that's in the well, but look what he says in verse 14. Jesus says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, that I shall give him, I shall give him, shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him, not he didn't earn it, it was given him, shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Guys, when we're doing this soul winning, when we're talking about leading somebody to Jesus Christ, is exactly what I've said is what we're going to be doing. We're trying to present to them the man Jesus Christ. We're not to present to them Indian Gap Baptist Church or the Baptist faith or, or a, a religion or a philosophy or a belief system. We're not trying to present to them any kind of church. What we're trying to present to them is a living Savior named Jesus Christ. And we're trying to, trying to give them Jesus Christ. We're trying to bring them to Jesus Christ so he can give them personal salvation in Jesus Christ. You're not trying to say, hey, I want you to come to church or I want you to, to, do, to get baptized. Or, we're not trying to give them anything but Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm trying to focus on, what Jesus Christ is saying here. I will give them this, see. He's going to have to give it to you. So what you're trying to do when you're soul winning is you're not trying to tell people, oh, it's so good down at church. Or I have such a good church. Or I, have, I love going to Indian Gap Baptist Church. Or I love going to this Baptist church. Or I love this or that. Or You're trying to give them Jesus Christ personally. Amen. Amen. They need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Where they came and they asked Jesus Christ, somebody who's alive, and when they're praying, they're praying and asking Him to give them this gift. Verse 10. You see what He says there in verse 10? He says there in verse 10, Jesus answered, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me drink, thou wouldest have asked of Him. And He would have given thee the living. It says the living water. We're trying to get them to ask Jesus Christ to save them. 
And Jesus Christ is not a philosophy or an idea. They, believe, they have to believe that Jesus Christ is resurrected. Jesus Christ is alive. That when they're praying, they're praying to a man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that can hear everything they're saying. Amen. They got to believe that. I believe he's alive. I believe every word I'm saying right now, Jesus Christ can hear. And Jesus Christ knows everything I'm going to do. And Jesus Christ knew what I did last night. Amen. Amen. He knows all things. He's alive. We're not talking about a piece of wood or a piece of rock or some kind of philosophy or an idea. We're talking about the man, a living soul, the man, son of God, who's God manifest in the flesh, son of man, the son of God, Jesus Christ. We're trying to present to them Jesus Christ. That's the main focus of what I'm trying to tell you there. Because it's Jesus Christ that's going to give them this water. Not the preacher. Not the church. Not a religious system. It's Jesus Christ. Alright. Everybody understands that, right? Because sometimes we get off the bait and t- we get off the path and we start thinking that we're trying to give them like a, a way of living. And we're trying to give them a belief system. And we're not trying to do that. Uh, see, what we're trying to do is say, there's a man named Jesus. He died for your soul. He, on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood. He was, he was buried, and on the third day, he was resurrected. He's alive right now. He's been alive for 2,000 years. He's at the right hand of God. If you'll get down on your knees and ask him to save you, he'll save you. Is that as simple as that? Well, you say, well, how do you know that works? Because that's the way I got salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that he's there. I prayed to ask him to save me, and I've never been the same. And Jesus Christ is the best thing ever happened to this old wicked sinner. Because I asked him for that water that he's talking about to that woman, and he gave it to me. And you know what he said there? You'll never thirst again. And I have never thirsted again for anything spiritual other than Jesus Christ. John chapter 4, look at verse 35. This is Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. Verse 35. Say not ye that are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. You know when it's time to, you know when it's time to sow the oats, or you know when it's time to reap the oats. Brother Brother Ronnie can tell you when it's time to get out in the field and to do the things you need to do in the field. But look, he says, Behold, I say unto you, look, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Jesus Christ says, I want you to look up and I want you to look. There's people going to hell all around you. Get up and look. If you'll look, you'll see that the fields are ready to harvest. And they're right. They're, They're white. That means they're ready. They're ready to get in there and it's ready to harvest it. God's got it ready. Now what he needs is laborers. Look at Matthew 9 real quick. Matthew 9, I'll show, you this, I'll show you the character, the character of this man, Jesus Christ, that we're trying to present to people. Let me show you the character. This is the man, Jesus Christ, you're trying to lead people to. This is the man, Jesus Christ, that you put your faith in. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And Jesus Christ has been preaching, and there's a lot of people following Jesus Christ. And look what he says there in verse 36. He's talking about Jesus. But when he, Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Your Savior has compassion on lost souls. Your Savior, Jesus Christ, had compassion on you. Amen. Oh, he would have never stopped by when you called on him. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. See, Jesus Christ, he looks about all these people. You go into a mall or Walmart or someplace that has a lot of people, and you, you know, we're going to be at this Dove Festival, and you see all those people, and you just see a scatter of people. See, Jesus, when he looks on them, he has compassion on all those people. Because he sees all these sheep, and he sees we're all, they're all going the wrong way, and they need a shepherd. Look what he says in verse 37. 
Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Amen. 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 Guys, we need laborers. Jesus Christ needs laborers. He needs some people to do some work for him. He needs some people to get out there and help him to reap the harvest. He needs some people to get out there and tell other people that they're going to hell and they need a Savior, this man Jesus, as their Savior. They need a good shepherd. They're sheep and they're going the wrong way and they need a good shepherd named Jesus Christ. God needs laborers. Jesus Christ needs laborers. Will you help him? Can you find a way to help him? You know, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of, whenever I got, before I got saved, I was the laziest, no good dog you've ever met. Lazy, lazy, lazy. And one of the things that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me when he saved me was he gave me a spirit of working. Just go ahead and work. And I'm not a good worker. That, <laughs> I'm still not a good worker by any means. But I'm a lot better than I was. But honestly, guys, there's nothing that drives me any more crazy than to see another man working. And to see other people watching another man work. When I think people are working, I think it's time for you to get up and go help and work. And it's hard for me to respect somebody. It's hard for me to respect somebody when you're over there working and all these other men are working. And they're standing over there just sitting down. Watching other men work. I don't have a lot of respect for people like that. It's hard for me to respect them. Now, God told me I'm supposed to love them. But hey, I just can't hardly respect them. They can sit over there and watch other men work. And not do nothing. Same way it goes with the, the ladies. You know, we're, uh, anytime I'm over there, we have a, there's a bunch of, there's a big fellowship or something like that. And I see, a, I see a bunch of ladies in there working in the kitchen. And, you know, they're working their tail off in the kitchen. They're working, they're, they're grinding their hands to the bone trying to wash dishes and everything. And you see another, uh, another woman over there and she's not in there in the kitchen helping. That just rubs me the wrong way. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. I'm just trying to tell you, when you see somebody working in, at the, in the field in the harvest, you need to get out there and help. Amen. It's hard for me. And that's just me personally. I don't respect them. I don't respect somebody who can watch another man work and not go help them. Guys, the Lord needs laborers. He, does, he, he doesn't need you on his welfare plan. He don't need you sitting on the couch doing nothing for him. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. Verse 10 tells us He created you for good works. He needs you to be working for Him. We need some laborers. We need some laborers. I believe there are streets of gold It's alright with me If there's nothing more than one old gravel road And I know mansions are waiting But a cabin suits me fine Just a place where I can rest my heavy load Oh, they say there is a river That flows beneath the throne And the surface there reflects that holy place And I'm sure that all the splendor 
will be so grand to see. What I long to see the most is my Savior's face. Cause that's all that matters to me. To bow my head and thank my blessed Savior on my knees. On those peaceful hills of glory in His presence I will be. To know I'm home, that's all that matters to me. Oh, the light of that fair city will never fade away. It's a perfect land where night shall never come. And all the beauty I'll behold there can compare to how I'll feel when I hear my precious Lord say, Well done. Cause that's all that matters to me. To bow my head and thank my blessed Savior on my knees. On those peaceful hills of glory in His presence I will be. To know I'm home, that's all that matters to me. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. I got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10 verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you think of a time you've called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray as admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that He will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, Contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com, IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.